Welcome to the Honor Roll Podcast, the podcast that helps you level up your role-playing game. Tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you, we just all have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your role-playing game, because the only way to win at a role-playing game is, is to, to have, have fun. fun. I'm Ryan, I'm the curmudgeon, and joining me, as always, is Carrie, the legend. Hello, hello. And Jason, the favorite. I'm also trying to decide if I'm going to do a voice the whole episode. I, I think not. Wait, you were doing a voice? A little bit. Mm. <laughs> My telephone voice. Oh. <laughs> like, hello, yes, you've reached the Hughes residence. <laughs> Fair. No, I don't have that money. <laughs> um, call me next week, maybe. I'm, I don't know. Uh, uh, bad. Click. Were you pretending to have a bad connection or do we really have one? We probably do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good time. about the future is everything works badly, but there's a lot of it. That's right. Mm, yeah. It, it's, it works easier, but worse. Ish. Yeah. It's easier, but worse. Uh, it's, so like uh, I had a weird thing happen. I got a Google Nest in the mail that I signed up for a contest or something for like a year ago. And I totally forgot about it till it came in the mail today. Wow. It's just like yelling at my phone, but louder. A nest's pretty nice. What the hell is a nest? It's the same thing as the iPhone one. What's it called? It's like an Alexa. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's the cheapest version. And I don't remember how I wound up with it, but you I have one now. You won it in a contest, I guess. Or, I guess, did you? or something like that. I signed up for something a year ago, and I can only vaguely remember that it existed because, I mean, who has any memories of a year ago? <laughs> you know, with the COVID-19, like, yesterday seems like a year ago. That's true. <sighs> Tomorrow feels like a year ago. Indeed. It does. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh let's get happy note. Yeah. Woo! Let's get started. <laughs> so we are uh we have a Patreon where folks can help keep the show on the air. You can find it at patreon.com slash on a roll podcast. And if you be, if you go there and be, pledge to be a patron, there are a couple of different levels and you can get free stuff like postcards and you can Woo! get, uh, you can get books and prints. And... There's rumor that there'll be stickers. Oh, there's a rumor. Interesting. Just want to put that out there. Interesting. Mm. So yeah, so there's all sorts of cool stuff, but one of the cool stuff that you can get is a shout out on this podcast. And that's on the wizard level. So tell us who our wizards are. We have many wizards. I love all of our wizards. Really? Ooh. So our first wizard is Josh Heath from the Werewolf of the Podcast. Do, do, do. Cool. It's an it's a pretty okay podcast. Everyone should listen to it for some reason. I, I say that. The, at least I like that the internet cut you out as you were making fun of me. Jason was like, I'm going to make a funny joke about how crappy the co-host is over there. But then the internet will That's destroy okay, me. Let's just keep going. <laughs> we also have Joel Eastland. Hi, Joel. Hi, Joel. We miss you, Joel. Joel, if you're listening, good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Anyone else? Or was that everybody? Ryan Martin. Oh, special message for Ryan. Ryan, if you're listening, that's good too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme. Yeah. All right. We have Joe Hines with Lost Colonies. Oh, Joe. Listen, Joe. If you're listening, <laughs> thanks. I think the whole colony is listening. I hope so. Aww. That'd be awesome. Ah. And we have Cameron Pruitt, who is my favorite. Oh. Cameron, if you're listening, I'm surprised. It's not true. It's good. Don't be surprised. He has finals right now. He's working really hard. Oh. 
He must be heartbroken that he can't go to Disney World every single day. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. He's a poor guy. He's been jonesing. To be fair, I'm heartbroken I don't get to go to Disney World every day. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is move to Orlando and get a dead-end job so that you'll be right next to the place and get season passes. Well, that's true. All right. True. What about Noah Coltrip? Glad you asked. This week, Noah is going to Pamplin, Virginia. Pamplin's a 200-person village along an isolated stretch of Virginia's US-460, and it's also home to the Steins Unlimited Museum. Or is it a home? It's hard to tell. There isn't a website. (laughs) But inside this guy's place is a world of fascination. You step into a large two-room outdoor shed and are greeted by an array of floor-to-ceiling shelves brimming with some of the most ornate and historically significant drinking vessels ever made. This collection of 10,000 rare beer steins is the product of George Adams' lifelong obsession, and it took him more than 50 years to compile. His collection tells the story of beer drinking from 1350 until today. Rising from his corner workbench, he's quick to offer museum goers a bottomless pint of America's oldest beer, Youngling, from an on-site kegerator. Beer and admission are free, though he welcomes donations. For the next hour, he'll guide you through his house, showing you all of his German and American beer history. It's pronounced Yingling. Call before you go. He's not always home. (laughs) I have so many questions. Noah, I have questions. Ryan Galliato of Byways LARP. Ryan, if you are listening, we love you. Aww. He's doing a bunch of online stuff with his LARP. Are you playing it? Up? Are you playing it? No, I don't have time for this podcast. <laughs> that is very mm-hmm. true. We have Sarah, the patron saint of this podcast. Yay! Sweet. I think we are missing one person, Jason. Who is it? Salim. (laughs) You're not even going to try. We'd love to give you one. You you can get one by helping us keep the show on the air, becoming a Patreon at patreon.com slash honorable podcast. When last we left our intrepid adventurers, we were sitting here at this table recording a podcast with Jason calling in on Zoom, like we are today. Jason, tell us about your week. Oh, oh my that's, week's been yeah, uh, that's you, Jason. A, a weird combination of really boring and exciting. Uh, my brother and his wife took my father on vacation to a campground, which we thought would be relatively safe, though it's not ideal. And, of course, he was immediately hospitalized with some unrelated to COVID health problems and spent the last three days in the hospital. Oh, Oh, my gosh. No, it was – he's just got some health stuff that flared up and uh, happened to catch him while he was on vacation. Uh, He's got some lung issues, which is really thrilling right now since there's a lung disease going around. Yeah. Uh, But I had a COVID test on Monday – so that I can get my upper GI done on tomorrow, which will be Thursday of this week. And I'm not allowed to go anywhere for that period of time. And this is so that you can finally get all your stuff taken care of. Yeah, so I can finally get everything taken care of. So you can finally go kayaking again. I can go kayaking. I just, you know, Have to can't s- drink beer or uh, too much cheese or I get sick. Also, if I eat chicken nuggets in particular, about an hour later, it feels like I've eaten five pounds of Play-Doh. Oy. Well, I mean, you may have. Yeah, it's not. I may have, but I used to. I could eat like a hundred of those things because I've done it before. Hmm. Oh. That's and everything feels like I've eaten a brick. It's terrible. Don't, don't be born with acid reflux. I don't recommend it. Or piss poor gallbladder. What about you, Carrie? What have you been up to? I finished the children's book. Now, this is one with all the frogs. So many frogs. Oh, my gosh. I am so done with frogs. They are weird. 
I don't want to draw them anymore. I don't want to paint them anymore. I'm just happy to be done. Uh, no, so I'm, I'm very uh, relieved to be done with that. It was a huge project. And um, I, I made it on the deadline. So, yay. Awesome. Yeah, so now I get to go back to oil painting. Yay! And if people have been following you on their Twitch channel, they could have gotten some previews of their art. Yes, that is very true. I did. I was mm -hmm. uh, showing all of the pages there. What's your Twitch channel in case anybody ever wants to go see uh, what you're doing? Uh, www.twitch.tv slash realfunstudios. R-E-E-L. Yes, real. Because fun is my middle name. <laughs> Don't do that. So what have you been up to, Ryan? Nothing. Nothing good. Okay. Uh, you know what? My, my work flared back up this week, but... Mm -hmm. um, so I had one one day where I worked like 12 and a half hours. Yeah, that was rough. Um, but uh, still plugging along on the gun belt. And uh, I also, I think that I'm going to be helping out a, uh, um, a local group of demonstrators who are trying to get a Confederate monument removed from our, uh, from our town. You don't understand. Your mayor made a really good statement about how that nothing can be done because no one can be bothered. Right. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah, so it's actually we, we like our mayor, but the statement was real. The truth is, it's actually much more complicated than that. And I don't know that I want to really get into it a whole lot here, but it's really confusing because the the at some point in like 1910, our city gave a 12 by 12 square foot piece of land to the United Daughters of the Confederacy for them to build the monument, and. So the city can't do anything about it because it's actually private land and they can't annex it because since that time, it's now become part of a state right of way because the highway, the road that it's in the middle of is now a state road. And so it's like, is it a state issue? Is it a city issue? Is it a private property issue? And then it gets even more complicated because if it were to be annexed, then it's covered by the Tennessee Heritage Act, which makes things even more difficult to to do so anyway it's uh complicated mm -hmm. but i'm gonna be helping them with yeah. some communication stuff yeah so, cool yeah i hope it works i hope so too i guess if that's the end of all of our excitement that's, yeah we we were kind of exciting but not at the same time here's the problem is that we were really excited about doing this episode and then we had all sorts of connectivity issues <laughs> and now we're all just like Pfft. it took us an hour to get here for real that's pretty rough. All right, let's go to combat rounds. Welcome to combat rounds. I'm really weirded out because our dog is just pacing a circle around this table. There must be a fireworks somewhere. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Combat Rounds. Uh, today, we are going to, instead of uh, having a topic so much, we're going to do something maybe, hopefully, that's going to be kind of fun. Because well, none of our podcasts are ever fun. No, they are certainly not fun. <laughs> we're going to actually do a small um, playtest on a piece of uh, the gun belt. Yay! Which, uh, is this the town building part, or? Yes. What was it? Part of... The gun belt is we want people to build the town that the game is going to take place in. Uh, and so okay. so we've got a little section. It's basically like a session zero exercise where you work with your players to put together the town. And, okay. and so it's a set of questions. Uh, there are basically eight questions that uh, that the tailspinner, which is like our storyteller, the tailspinner presents to the group. Um, they're some, they're basic questions because the idea is for these basic questions to be general enough that, uh, someone who's never played the gum belt before can participate and have input, uh, without having to know everything about the world of the gum belt. You know, it's, it's kind of like if it was a, a vampire game, you know, you, you don't hit people right out the gate with questions about, you know, lore from volume six of, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. You, you try to stay pretty basic. Okay. Um, so basically what, what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you these questions um, with some follow-ups, 
for them. And uh, we're going to see if we can build a town and we'll see what that what that looks like. And All right. maybe this will work amazingly and maybe it will be horrific. But either way, it's good feedback. Right. Right. I think we should, I should take a second to let everybody who's listening know, if they've never listened to the show before, <laughs> a hair about the gum belt. The gum belt is basically, it's a role-playing game that my friend Ashley Rayburn and I are developing. Um, and the whole idea is the world of the gum belt uh, is about human, robot, and alien cowboys riding dinosaurs across an interstellar Wild West world without wheels. Um, kind like of a, a, uh, a cowboy space fantasy. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, and there's no wheels because everything on the planet is is powered and fueled by uh, a, an ore called levitite. And everybody's mining this mineral, levitite, uh, because it has magnetic properties, including it levitates. And so that's why there are no wheels, because all of the carts and everything they have, they're using this this rock to make everything float. All right. The other connect, the other piece to this is there's a company called Levacor, and they are uh, a huge greed-driven corporation who is also the government. So that's kind of the general, the quick down and dirty gist of of the the game. Uh, you get to the, you get to play a few different uh, species. Okay. So there are humans, and there are sorrels who are like lizard cre- lizard humanoids. Um, and there are howlers who are like coyote humanoids. And then there's a, a race of sentient robots called bots. And so all of them, you know, are kind of on this world riding dinosaurs. Yeehaw! Excellent. So there you go. All right. So let's build a town. First of all, what, uh, what is the name of your, of your town? And why is it called that? I always like names of towns that have something to do with t- the terrain. It's you know, a like, wild, it's a wild west. So yeah. that's certainly them- like, I thematic. feel like golf, like salt or, um, gulch. Uh, yeah. Gulch. Thank you. Like, you know, like I think there should be something like that in the name, like. Blind man Canyon stand in rocks. Yeah. Something, something like that. I also think a color, like maybe the color of the rocks that are there or I, I just, I feel like the more, uh, physical you can make the name of the town feel like the better the worst thing for me is for someone to go name this because i always name everything bob like it was almost north bobville you know like don't like this is my weakness what do you got jason i think there should be a direction in there okay south fallen rocks Fallen Rocks is fun. So South Fallen Rocks. Mm-hmm. So why is it called that? There's a vein of levitide uncovered by an earth slide. And that's why everyone went there? Yep. All right. I'd like to think that there's like a giant rock that kind of everything was built around. I like it. It's the middle of the town. Yeah. What if there's a giant rock and it's mostly levitite? Or there's just enough levitite so it floats in the middle of the town and the town folk won't let them, like, harvest it because it's kind of like their their symbol of their town. I like it. Who founded this town? So Chet. Chet. Chet who? He was a bot. So it's just Chet. Okay. Is South Fallen Rock, is it a a company town? Is it it a Levacor town or is is this more independent? I think it should be independent and Levacor has been moving in on it. Yeah. That gives you a story hook right there. Mm-hmm. I like it. All right. So the next question, how big is the town? Think about like what, what sort of people make up the population? Uh, why is the town big or small? You know, is it growing, dying, staying the same, those sort of things. So tell me about the size of the town. Do you have, Numbers for the average sizes of towns in this universe. Like, what's what's big and little? I mean, when you think about a Wild West town, I mean, most Wild West towns are various scales of small. Well, right. <laughs> maybe, maybe instead of asking for a number of people, it would be better to go, is this a, a city? Is it a town? 
Is it, you know what I mean? Like, instead of asking for, like, a number of how many people live there, maybe it's better to just describe what like it is. Like a scale, not yeah. a number. Yes. So how big is this town? I'd say it's small and it's moving towards, it's growing because the Levitite's move because there's Levitite and Levicor is moving in, so they've got people in town. Plus, it's the source of Levitite. All right. Question three. Uh, thinking about things like uh, the events in the town's history with good or bad circumstances or, uh, you know, kind of regularly occurring social events or, or festivals or the main exported goods. Tell me, uh, what is this town most known for, good and bad? Maybe there's a gang that makes their territory there. Yeah. The towns will sort of like them, even though they know that they're not really good for the town because they – also kind of keep the place off the radar or at least push back against organized uh, poor people, corporate people. What's this gang's name, Carrie? <laughs> <laughs> the problem is I just watched a movie last night. So, uh, or the, when we, that movie we watched. So I keep thinking the left eye, left eyed gang or something like that. And, <laughs> and so I'm like, no. So I want it to be like a color, like, like the, blue gloved gang or something like that where they all yeah. wear something to symbolize their part of that gang um so you're saying something like hands of blue two by two no that's not what i meant <laughs> <laughs> well what if it was named after like a, a local specialty like maybe they have apples and like the town's known for their apple dumplings Apple Dumpling Gang. That's true. Yeah, that's a movie reference too, oh, Jason. Yeah. But that movie reference is sixty years ago. <laughs> no, hey, I do think that the town in that movie is dead now. I do think that the town should be known for making some kind of pastry or something, though, because okay. I I love the juxtaposition of like, you know, we're a mining town. You know, also we make this delicious pastry that everyone loves. What kind of pastry is it? Well, what kind of fruit is there? Is there a fruit that is specific? Like, can we make up a fruit? Sure, make up a fruit. Um, let's see here. Uh, cactus pie. Huh. We can do C cactus pie. Can we call it cactus berry pie? I also think when the town has dances or get-togethers that they should all dance around the floating levitite stone, almost like a may maypole. I get to hear about the maypole idea and i actually really like that maybe they spin it Ooh, ooh! maybe it's like a giant um spin the bottle like maybe like that's oh. like a marriage oh, tradition yeah. like instead of throwing a bouquet they spin it and whoever it lands on you're supposed to go out on a date or something ridiculous <laughs> oh yeah so the town is known for uh, they're dancing around the stone and spinning the stone for marriage, uh, cactus berry pie, and then this gang that helps keep Levacor out. Tell me what. Tell me a little bit about this gang. Mm. Did we come up with a name for them? No, we didn't yet because we got thrown off by the pie. You can see where my mind is. What food? I tried to get you to make cookies all day. Shut up. I'm just saying. Um, um is maybe maybe they're named after a weapon. Like, like, that always seems a little more intimidating for a gang. Okay, like what? Um, well, I don't know. Like, the, like I'm going to just keep going with blue because that's in my, you know, for whatever reason, it's stuck. Like, the blue daggers or, or something like that. You know, is there, or is there a weapon that is more gun belty, besides maybe blue revolvers? That sounds like a band. I like blue revolvers. It does, it it does like sound a... like a band, though. <laughs> okay, so it's the blue revolvers. Why are they called that? Like, do they do something they, special? They sing on the side. <laughs> They're a bar it's a barbershop quartet gang. <laughs> right before every shootout, they're like, hello. hello. Oh, hey, you can do a Clint Eastward Western about singing cowboys, surely. You know, there there is a really old-timey movie about a dancing pirate, so why not? That's true. That's right. Who are the three most... This is the next question. Who are the three most important people in the town and why? Well, I think we need a mayor. Because there's always a mayor, right? Yeah, mayor. 
Bob. Um, Bob. No, I think we should go with Clem Jacobs because we talked about him a couple weeks ago on the podcast. All right. I don't even remember why, but I wrote his name down because his name was funny. Okay. How does and tell me a little bit about Clem Jacobs, the mayor. The mayor. How, how does he exert his influence on the town? You know, what's his motivations? Well, I think he wants to make a name for himself. Like maybe this is his legacy. Okay. Oh, I like that. Maybe um, it was uh, he has some association with the bot, and that's why he gets to be mayor. That's why he's popular. He okay. was so. How was he friends with Chet years ago? Yeah. He's like the oldest person there and he can claim he knew Chet. Maybe he didn't actually actually ever meet him, but he claims he did and everyone believes him. Right. Chet's still in town. He's just completely rusted solid. <laughs> right on top of the big stone. Oh, yeah. Statue of Chet that's actually just Chet and he rusted solid. So now he's dead, I or, guess. Or maybe it's not. They don't want to move him to find out. <laughs> like maybe uh, they uh, sent off for a, um, a a howler specialist to come in and look at Chet, and they're still waiting for him to come. There you go. And it's, oh, it's been, been like, like hundreds of, you know, it's been like a hundred years. And, yeah, I like it. And so, like, the town is still just waiting. He, he'll he come back one day. Chet. Mayor Clem Jacobs, what does the town think of him? Do they like him? I think probably to his face they like him. Um, Maybe everybody's he's a little bit full of shit. Yeah. But I but mean, maybe they're like, this guy's kind of full of shit, but also he's sort of good at this and nobody else wants to be mayor, really. You know, because if they're still up and coming, nobody wants to deal with Levacor. Right. And he's at least does okay at it. How does he feel about about uh, Levacor? He secretly works for them. Ooh. Okay. Not... No, maybe. Maybe. Maybe he murdered Chet. Maybe he's the one that rusted Chet because Chet was like, no, Levercore is never going to be here. Wait, don't you have to have like, a, don't they have to have regular Levitite and uh, what's the other stuff to keep the robots going, right? The bots going? Yes. Yeah. But the, maybe he's just out of gas because Chet stole it all. Not Chet, but uh, the mayor stole it all one night. I mean, it could just be as simple as just he, the mayor just, took out sabotage the power packs right yes sabotage the power packs so now he's stuck oh my gosh the, and, ma the mayor's a murderer. murderer and he said he sent out a call for the specialty howler to come fix him and then never did dun, dun, dun. i also imagine the mayor wears a bowler hat and well, smokes like a, and smokes a cigar nice all right tell me another another powerful person in the town and why they're powerful Millie, the town blacksmith. That's not her real name, but she's a uh, howler. She's just not really good with robots, but she's really good with smithing. And she's tried to fix Chet a couple of times, but she really doesn't know what she's doing. What makes her so influential in this town? She's the only one who knows how to refine Levitite. Does that make sense? It's So in, in, in the gun belt, uh, Levacore basically taxes everything and, and makes it so that if you find a static Levitite, you know, it needs to be processed. And for Levitite to be processed, you've got to pay Levacore to process it, you know, and right. process the ore. And so there are some renegade groups of, of people who can secretly, uh, who will secretly refine it without telling Levacore for a price. And maybe she's that connection. Okay. She's, I like it. she's got, she's got a guy that makes, that makes her actually very important if Levacore is coming. Right. So part of one of her motivations would definitely be make sure they don't they don't come. Right. And so her and the mayor are at odds. But maybe she doesn't know that they're at odds. Right, but they are. I think maybe she should be um wounded in some way because she survived an attack. Do we want her missing like a limb? So she's even more bitter? About not being yeah. able to fix bots and be a bot. Well, she can't be a scrap because... Yeah, scrap. Uh, I'm sorry. I keep saying bots. I mean scrap. I or no, no. That's right. She can't be a scrap. There are bots. Never mind. Okay. So what limb is she missing? 
she's, she's uh, missing her right hand. She can't get a robot hand for it, but she can put a hammer uh, on there, like a regular prosthetic, just not one that moves. Like something out of uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, 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 something like that. Okay. All right. All right, give me one more. Uh, one more person who is powerful in the town. Um, I don't have a name, but I think that there should be a sorrel that is the baker. Okay. Um, I think that they should kind of be outside of all of the political drama and just want to focus on making these cactus berry pies and, you know, getting them out to the people. And, and that way you've got almost like a neutral party. So you've got Levacor, you've got the other people, and then you've got a neutral party in town. Does okay. she, does does uh, does the Sorrel Baker have a name? Uh, yes, I, I just I'm not good at names. What's uh, what what are Sorrel names like again? Sorrel names tend to have lots of uh, T's and V's and K's. Well, they could just be something simple like uh, uh, Tequete or. Yep. Uh, Feels like they would have apostrophes in their name too. Yep. I agree. Okay. But some Tequete. people call her Kate because it's easier to pronounce than Tequete. <laughs> That's fun. All right. So Kate is a sorrel baker. How do they wield the pow- their power and influence? I think that probably since that they're focused on their craft above everything else, they're most interested in keeping the peace. So people come to uh, her as a, like a peacemaker a lot because she doesn't have a side per se. So, you know, a lot of times she's kind of the de facto judge in town, like not officially, officially, but if two people have an argument, they come to uh, Takete and they both leave with a big slice of pie and uh, feel a little better about that. I love the idea that maybe the bakery is like neutral ground is neutral. Like every, like there is no fighting in the bakery. If you fight in the bakery, you are kicked out of town. Like, like period. Like and everyone agrees with that. Yeah, like there is like this is the only place like there is no there will be no punches thrown. There is no nothing like that. And that whatever uh Kate says goes. Like is the unofficial judge of the whole like actually probably wields more power when it just comes to town stuff than the mayor does. Which would make the mayor jealous. I, I kind of feel like the only connection we're missing is what Kate's connection is with the Howler. Like, I feel like there needs to be an animosity there. How does Kate and Millie, how do they interact? What is their relationship like? Like, obviously, they're star-crossed lovers. No, no, this is way better. Kate's the reason why Millie lost her arm. Oh, something happened because of uh, Kate? Mm-hmm. I don't know what. Or maybe, maybe... Maybe nobody knows. Maybe it's their secret yeah, and they don't but tell. they don't talk about it. But, you know, no. <laughs> I even... I almost like the idea, too, that maybe it's where... Uh, because Kate puts peace over, like, anything. That's what's most important to her. She didn't let uh, Millie go after the guys who injured her. She Fair. said, no, you can't. It'll cause more problems in the town. And and neither one of them will talk about it because they're both so angry about the whole thing. Kate did not, is not responsible for the missing arm, missing hand. I don't think she's responsible. I think that. But she did, they did stop. For it. Go ahead. What were you saying, Carrie? I was going to say, but they did stop from getting revenge. Right. Which for some maybe people. Even the heat in the moment broke it up instead of letting Millie deal with it. Fair. I think both are good. Millie just wanted revenge. Yep. I mean, wouldn't you? Millie just wanted revenge. That was all. All right. Next question. Tell me the three most prominent locations in town. Want to think about like, why are they important? Who, you know, controls them? Those sort of things. Well, I think the bakery has to be one. That's. We've already established that. Does the bakery have a name? I I think it should have something to do with pie. Is there like a pun on pie we could do? Pyramid. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, 
slice of justice. No. <laughs> <laughs> or something to do with a cactus, like something like about prickly. The prickly pie. Oh, I like the prickly pie. Prickly pie is good. All right, so it's called the prickly pie. All right, give me an, let me have another one because we've kind of already filled out all of the sort of follow-up questions on that one. Okay. So we know we know who controls it and why folks go there and why it's important. Okay. Um, you know, it's the neutral territory and all that, and and we know Kate kind of runs it. So give me another another important place. Where do folks hang out would, or visit? Would the rock be? I think the rock could be important. At the very least, or like a tavern and general store, since it's still a small town. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do we want to do the rock first or the? It's your town. You all decide. Go ahead, Carrie. Well, no, I'm just okay. Let's talk about the rock. Okay. Do we, do we call it the rock? What's that? I think you call it something like Big Boy, or you know, because yeah. people always personify yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Or the old man, or uh, the Walking Stone. Big Chet. Big Chet. There's Big Chet Big and Chet. Little Chet. Little Chet don't move no more. Big Chet, uh, he's, unless, he's still rolling. Unless Big Chet moves him. <laughs> I kind—I mean, I kind of liked Big Boy. Yeah, let's go with Big Boy. Chet's on Big Boy. And it's kind of just in the middle of town? Yeah, they pro- I would assume they built the town around it. Maybe not quite directly in middle because it would be closer to the mountain. I do have a, oh my gosh. Okay, I'm going to complicate this. I'm sorry. Does he move? It's levitite. It's floating. Does Big Boy just float around town? I like the idea of it. So I like the idea of it only just barely floating. Like there's something fun to me about the idea. Like you spin it for luck. You know, like every morning the miners come out, they kiss their hand, they lay it on Big Boy and then they push and they spin it for luck. And it's and it's so heavy. It takes many of them to do it. (laughs) Yeah, that could be too. Well, because otherwise, if it only took one person to spin, you know, it would be movable. Yeah. Like I imagine those, uh, you know, have you ever been to like a hotel or a museum or something where they've got those giant, like five ton marbles that have been like shined and then they, they, they put a, just enough water under it that you can actually spin them. Yeah. And you know, all the kids will dare each other, put their hand underneath it because it's just enough room to get your hand underneath. It's enough for little kids to do. Not like an adult, so it's like even worse. Yeah. Like, cause if it, if you if you get your hand stuck, that just means you're old. It'll take it off. It'll take your fingers. Uh, yeah. Big boy will take. You could have fingers. a plot too where a bunch of people steal the rock and literally ride off with it. <laughs> All right, give me another prominent location. Then we've got uh, the prickly pie, and we've got big boy. Uh, something really important to the town, a place where people hang out or visitors go or, or a place that's so, just. So I feel like the Hi. either the mayor's office or the the sheriff's office would be important. Um, but I also feel like maybe maybe a tavern like, like a saloon. Huh? A saloon. A saloon. Yeah. Just I kind of feel like, you know, it's your Wild West. You need a saloon. Right. I mean, unless maybe they're all connected. I was going to say, maybe there's one big building that's like the tavern. Uh, the the mayor's office is located in there. And then there's the sheriff's office and the stables. It's all like one big building. I mean, it could be like that show Deadwood, you know, where like basically the, the guy who was basically mayor, like his his office was above the saloon. Yeah, it was above the right. brothel. But I mean, you know, like it could just be above the yeah, mayor. Let's do that. Let's. I don't, I don't like the idea of the stables being connected, but I do like the idea that the the sheriff and the mayor both just have their offices above. Like I like the idea that the the uh, jail cells are in the same building as the saloon. <laughs> like they don't even have to drag you outside; just down the hall. Right. <laughs> Maybe. Like there's some places on the floor of the saloon that's covered with bars and you look down at the people that have been arrested last night. <laughs> that's gross. Like, they put you in the floor. Uh, drunk tank and they drop you down in the floor. The throw the thing over the top. It's like Java's palace. Oh, like, no. yeah. The floor drops and then the mayor's desk slides forward to cover the whole. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy is that sort of fits in the world a little bit. Yeah. You can have the desk. A little bit of levitite, and he just like 
pulls the lever and shifts the whole thing back. <laughs> and then it would work, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. So does this saloon have a name? Spinnies. Spinnies? The, well, yeah, kind of connected to the to Big Boy. Yeah. Or it could be uh, something like Miner's Rest or... Um, the Swinging Door. Swinging Door. Um, could it be named after the owner, like Tally's, or uh, it could be the Rusted Bot. The Rusted Bucket. Maybe, or it, Rusted Bucket's good. Or it could be Chet's Place, named in his <laughs> honor. <laughs> Maybe it was his place. It was his place. <laughs> the mayor's taking his old office over too. Oh man, they were good friends. They were so he's just he's friends. just holding it for him. Does the he's mayor own Chet's place now? Yo, just taking care of it. Yeah, I don't think he really owns it. He's yeah, just because one day Chet's gonna wake up. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. So, you know what? Most of the younger people in town don't even think about Chet like he could wake up. Yeah, he's a but statue the people, to them. They're like, no, Chet, he's coming back. You just need to wait. He oh, said, Chet. We've got some weird Fisher King thing going on here. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a reason why yep. that it's a good story. We're like, King Arthur. <laughs> what, if, what if Chet's actually sort of a dick anyway? <laughs> <laughs> no, no remembers. <laughs> or he he wakes up and he's kind of a dick now because he's like, oh fuck all you humans. Was he was he aware? Is he aware if his uh, power cell is off? No. Okay, I just wanted to make sure because like that would be awful. Chicken over enough. <laughs> Could you just imagine being stuck on top of a floating rock that everyone spins all the time? <laughs> Oh, goodness. All he needs is an oil can and a heart. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> and the courage to kill the mayor. <laughs> we should have him holding an axe. Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> All a right. pickaxe. So let's talk a little bit. Pickaxe. Let's, let's talk a little bit about Levitite. This is the next question. What role does Levitite play in the town's economy? Um, we've kind of, it sounds like a, a lot. Yeah. Based on the things that you guys have. Yeah. It's so, the main thing keeping the town ticking over. And they have to struggle with getting it out all the time, though. Because if there was a train station nearby, they would already be taken over. Okay. So they're having to transport it some other way, and that's a huge problem. So is the gang the, what were they called again? The Blue Revolvers. The Blue Revolvers. Hello. Hello. Do, um... <laughs> I can't. Watch. <laughs> Do are they transporting the levitite for the mayor? Are are they secretly working for the mayor and are they the ones that are transporting it like to protect it or are they um are they you know are they sabotaging the people that are uh transporting it to get their own cut? And are they actually working with the my the lady, the howler lady, one-handed? Well, that's what you've got to decide. Because, mm-hmm. all right, so clearly you have some levitite is going to uh, Levacor for processing. Right. And the mayor is happy with that. Mm-hmm. And some, some levitite is going to the underground network to process, which is done through Millie. Right. So what you have to, so you have to decide which which of those two sides is is this gang aligned with? Or are they just I think it's Go yes. on, Jason. Go ahead. You're on that's I was gonna say I actually think it's interesting if they change alliance. Well, this job was for the mayor. Well, this the job is for Millie. Like they're just run they're they're controlled by the money. Yeah. Where's the money? Yeah, and like, but like, they're real open about it. You know, like I, I don't, like, like, I don't think that they should be like shifty and trying to double cross people. I think it's just like, well, Millie got to us first. I like that, and that's one of the things the mayor is trying to do is bring in enough muscle to replace them. Right, because he do- he doesn't trust them. Well, he knows he can't trust them. Right. It, does it seem like there's a lot of levitite here, or just a, a good amount, and the problem is just getting it? I'd say a good amount and getting it, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's it's not raining levitite. <laughs> um, but uh, I I think that their location compared to the train probably makes it difficult to bring in any heavy equipment. Okay. So the next question is, what is the town's relationship with Levacor? Some again, some of this is kind of answered already. Right. Not too good because they're in that gray area where they're playing the middle. What, um, so does Levacor have any controlling interests in the town? Are there any Levacor officials there? Probably not officially there. Right. I'm sure Levacor has people there stationed. Um, like the mayor, like the mayor or more likely watching the mayor. Maybe he doesn't know that the sheriff is actually his handler. Right, yeah, like, I think there's probably handlers there. Because he, because I kind of feel like the mayor probably thinks that he's smarter than Levacor. Mm -hmm. And so then, that you know, but Levacor is well aware. I like it. What kind of unofficial, like, secret Levacor people are there in town? Do we want the sheriff to be one? Or is that too high up? That might be too high up because if because you've got the mayor already. Well, probably a couple of people that work at the tavern because that puts them in close proximity, but they don't really have any power in town. But they're ready to act against the mayor. They're they're one one of the people that's um, a blue revolver could be a levacor. Yeah, like one of the like underlings, not like the guy running it, but maybe yep. maybe like his like right hand man. That way, uh, they're influencing. And more just keeping tabs on what's going on. And that would also give Levacor a way to keep track of the 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 howlers. Business. Yeah. It, you know, the if if the blue revolvers really do work for whoever pays them the most, the entire gang could be on Levacor payroll. Here's a bunch of money for you to do whatever you do there, but tell me. Right. And they could they're just taking the money. They don't feel like it's a I wouldn't say conflict of interest, but they're like, we're just reporting. Somebody else pays the report, we'll do that too. They're just paying for being paid for information, not being paid to take a side. Okay. Since they're already taking both sides, they're already playing each side. Is that going to give Levacor too much power in the town? Or is that the feel of the game? I mean, the feel, that's kind of the feel of the game is they've always got too much power. Too much power. Okay, then, then, then that, that's it. The argument between Kate and Millie is that Kate knows the person who actually shot her and permanently damaged her hand, and she won't tell her. Oh, there you go. So the agents in town. Because because Kate knows their Levacor agent, and if that came to light, the town would explode. Right, and she doesn't want that no matter what. Right. And she's willing to sacrifice somebody's hand to save lives the way she sees it. Right. So was it one of the blue revolvers that took off her hand? I think that's the one that makes the most sense. Something, a, a, a deal went down bad, and Millie believes that the revolvers were on her side, but the plant, the one that's totally Levacor, he instigated the entire thing to get a shot at Millie, taking her out. But he didn't. He missed, but he did shatter her hand. Something like that. So tell us a little bit, uh, this is the last of the basic questions. What's the area around the town like? Well, mountain. There's got to be something high for the boulders to fall down. Right. You can't have a falling rock if it's flat. So maybe there's a a plateau, like a cliff plateau, and the levitite is in that. Okay. Yeah. It kind of backs up against a little bit, or it's just a little bit out of town so that it's for reasons... So who runs, I mean, who owns that piece of land then? Who is controlling that? Technically, it would be uh, Chet. So it's whomever was Chet's foreman has kind of taken it over. But he's not like the mayor. He's legit trying to be a a custodian of this. You know how there's some towns that give a tree like its own um, plot of land. Like, yes. this old oak owns the land it's on, so it can never be cut down. Right. I kind of feel like that's how Chet is right now. Like, 
<laughs> because well, no, because he's deactivated. Right. But he's still like a person, sort of, sort of. <laughs> right. You know, like it's it. Bots are kind of well. The okay, so sentient robots is a new thing in this universe. So they there are lots of societal questions about them. Not like. Does data have rights? Not those kind of questions. Like nobody questions that, you know, bots are people with, you know, they're fully sentient. They are, they have full rights, all of those things. But like the questions are things like just how long can a bot live? Cause it's new. We've not been around long enough okay. to see one stop living. There's questions like when they're, when they're shot or destroyed, they stop working. Um, what happens if you take the memory out of that one and put it in a new rob robot? Do they right. just become a robot or are they, do they awaken and become a bot again? Like there's lots of questions that are unexplored. And one of them would probably be like, if somebody just pulls a power pack out like that and lets Chet die, can you plug a power pack back in right. and bring Chet back? Is, is he dead dead or just dead? Or if you plug the power pack in, does he just become a regular robot again and not have that sentience? Is the sentience I, gone? So that's he interesting. What what if there are people on both sides of that? Like, what if there's people in town who are like, "Leave Chet alone," and then there's this whole other group that's like, "We got to get him a new power source," it, you <laughs> know? And like, maybe the leave Chet alones are only a couple. Maybe maybe there's this social commentary that the town is also having to go through. And, uh, you know, like, and, and it would be really interesting because, like, the mayor on the surface is pro-Chet. Let's bring him back. But he's secretly funding or, or, or just encouraging these people to be like, no, leave him, leave him where he is. Right. Um, and so, like, you've got this two-facedness going so on about it. how does this affect then, you know, Chet's mind that Chet's foreman is running? One of the things you have to consider is if some of the if some of the levitite is being legitimately funneled back to Levacor and some of it's going there's money to Millie like there are at least two groups of people mining on this same vein of levitite maybe it's the same people and they somehow sell it in town and it gets divided up or something like that maybe it's there's one group of miners because it'd have to be like half the town because if you're a mining town that's what everybody does right or i mean honestly could it just be one vein and they're working two different sides of it sure and, you know, there's a, a competition whoever mines it the fastest yeah is going to get more of it I, okay so this is where my ignorance is going to show like i don't know how long you can mine a vein of stuff <laughs> it's just according to how big it is yeah it can be a, it can be two hundred years, and it can be five. Okay. It really just depends um, on. A, there's a ton of factors. Okay, we should probably decide how old the town is then. Well, you guys had said that it was founded by Chet, and Chet was best friends with the mayor. So, but the mayor's really old now. So yeah, I kind it of could have been so we're, 60, we're probably years. talking fifty or sixty years. Okay. Okay. Because that would have put them in like their twenties or thirties when they were. Yeah. I mean, the mayor could have even been in his teens back then, just late teens. That's kind of a douchebag thing a teen would do, yeah. too. So who has the... <laughs> plug his friend. So... <laughs> Let's see what happens. The Levitite from Chet's mine is going to Levacor or to Millie? Hey, maybe it's two groups that work side by side, and one day that's going to be a mine war. Like, no, everybody's I... friends, but we know that these guys are mining the Levacor stuff, and we're mining the stuff to go to the other people. And we all have lunch together, and then one day something's going to happen, and it's going to be bad. <laughs> it's like the, they dug a hole, they dug a mine straight in, and then one group worked left, and the other group worked yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. They, they talk to each other. They're friends, but they think, what, what are we going to do one day? One day. If the issue comes to a head, we're going to be at the heart of it. Yeah, that makes them afraid for when Levacor shows up. Right. Both sides, because even the pro Levacor people know I'm, I'm maybe in a situation where I got to kill Bobby, the guy that I, you know, I go to his house and have dinner twice a week. Yeah. And you can even do stories where like one side will have a cave in and the other side will go rescue them because they're not really opposed to each other. 
Well, the minors aren't. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah, the minors yeah. aren't opposed to each other. They're all minors. And it's just sort of who they happen to get hired on by. Right. Yeah. 15, 20 years ago, it didn't matter. Didn't matter which one you were working for. It's just coming to a head now. Well, this sounds like a pretty cool town. It does. Yeah. Jason, when are you going to run the game set in South Fallen Rock? As soon as the, uh, as soon as it's, as soon as things over and I can do it live. I guess real quick then, I'll just kind of recap what you guys created. Yeah. So you guys have built South Fallen Rock. Uh, this is a, a mining town where there was this big rock slide uh, a long time ago that uncovered a giant vein of levitite in the side of this plateau cliff. Um, the town was founded by uh, Mayor Clem Jacobs and his bot friend, Chet, <laughs> like 50 years ago. Uh, and uh, um, Chet and, and Clem you know, started the town. They started the mining and stuff. And, and in that time, at some point, uh, Chet lost his power, uh, literally. It's, yeah. What, a lot, what nobody knows is that it was because Clem actually betrayed his friend and uh, unplugged his power source um, and uh, was like, I don't know what's wrong with them and sent off for a, for a howler bot repairman and who just they're still waiting. In the meantime, uh, you know, this town is continuing to grow. One of the things with, with the mayor is that uh, he is excited about the idea of Levacor coming in and him making a fortune running uh, a corporate town. And so he is... Um, quietly already on their payroll and doing what he can to make sure as much of the levitite gets sent back to levicor for processing as as possible but working against him is someone else in the town millie who is a howler she is mostly known for being a great blacksmith but also because uh she is the person who knows the underground folks who are willing to process levitite without involving levicor and so half the, the Levitite is going to Levicor, but the other half is sneaking out under Millie's watch. Um, and this creates a lot of tension in the town. And that tension is kind of kept safe by a Sorrel, who is a baker named Taketa, but everybody just calls them Kate. Uh, Kate just wants to make, make their pies. And so they've established that their bakery is a neutral ground. And so the town uses Kate as a judge and they meet there when they need to talk about things or to just have a spot where nobody's going to shoot one another. And uh, it's the only place in town where everybody agrees that if you commit violence there, uh, you're gone. Now, secretly, Millie and Kate don't much care for each other. Mostly it's because Millie hates Kate. Kate knows who it was that, uh, that cut off Millie's hand in a deal gone bad. Some of the other folks in town are, uh, a, there's, an ev there's a gang called the Blue Revolvers who are very much driven by, by money and uh, they don't really have any goals other than to get rich. You know, when they're paid the right money, they, they sneak Levitite out of town for Millie. Other times when they're paid the right of money, they, they guard shipments of Levitite heading back to Levacor. The town mostly likes them because they're predictable. But what the town doesn't know is that they are also, uh, or at least one of them is also on the payroll of Levacor because they're reporting back to the company to let them know just what's going on in this town. Some of the locations there, of course, are the Prickly Pie, which is Kate's bakery. Uh, Big Boy is this giant, giant rock that came off of that landslide that revealed the levitite vein. Big Boy is a huge boulder in the middle of town that's got just enough levitite in it that it uh, it doesn't sit all of its weight on the on the ground and so a few people can put their hands on it and give it a nice push and it will actually spin in its spot and so one of the traditions is a lot of the miners will spin it for luck before they go down into the shaft. Uh, it's also spun for luck uh, when people get married. It's kind of a big deal. There's also a saloon that was called Chet's Place. It used to be owned by Chet, but when Chet uh, stopped functioning, the mayor sort of moved in and put his office upstairs uh, and has taken over. He's just, he's just making sure it's kept safe until Chet wakes up. 
there is a, a, a good amount of levitite there in them hills, but the problem is there is not a nearby levitrain, so it's hard to get equipment in and it's hard to get the levitite out. And, uh, so that's part of the, the allure of the mayor is to get levicor into the city so that maybe there will be a train track laid or some other thing that will make the town worth even more. Levicor doesn't have any official representation in the town yet, but they do have several people on the payroll, including the mayor. Um, there's also a lot of quiet argument amongst townspeople trying to decide, is Chet awakeable or not? Uh, is he completely broken? Is he repairable? If he is repairable, will he be the same? Nobody really knows. And the last kind of piece is that the mine is mined on two different sides with a, a shared main shaft uh, and one side is is kind of shipping levi levitite back to the levicor government and the other half is sneaking it out millie's place uh hoping that it'll it'll get refined that way and so there's a whole lot of tension here it's like a big powder keg really the way i see it so there you go. That is the exciting gun belt city of South Fallen Rock. All right. What do you guys think? Do you like it? Next week, we're going to have to do North Fallen Rock. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, how do we feel about the town creation process? I, I think the only thing I didn't, um, and we pointed it out, was instead of saying how many people are in this town, I think just giving approximate size of town would be better. Mm-hmm. Just because when people are like, there's 500 people here, I can't, I have a hard time visualizing that. Sure. What do you think, Jason? Anything you feel like we should have asked or, or didn't or? I think it covers it. Maybe more explicitly ask, what does the town have? What does the town need? I think your questions essentially covers that, but maybe you could be more explicit. I, I like them because they're very narrative and not particularly mechanical. And I think that's uh, pushes people towards story as opposed to uh dice rolling right I, I think maybe if you like when you were like describe three important places i think maybe if you said describe three or more because and i realize that you know we're on a time crunch right now but you know like for for a new tail spinner it says three they might only do three right well we say three because three is enough to give a good idea of the town also that there's you know, three is kind of a magical number with stories and storytelling. For example, power struggles tend to come in threes. You naturally fall into this idea of having a pro-Levacor, an anti-Levacor, and a neutral person. Like, those sort of things develop kind of naturally with the number three. And so that's kind of why why we went with three. One of the things we say in the, the text before the questions is that you can ask more or less okay. of any of these. Okay. And in fact, we've also got like five advanced questions that are kind of built more for like, if you're running this game for people who have played the gun belt a whole bunch, right? you know, where you can ask questions that are a little bit more specific. Can you, can you let specific. us tell us what those are? We won't fill them out. I mean, just... like, like one of them is how, how religious is the town? How, okay. you know, like how spiritual yeah. or religious is the town? So like, is there a horizonist cathedral there? Right. Well, horizonism is the, the, the religion of the main religion and the gum belt, but like to really decide if it fits in your town or not, you kind of have to know a little about it. There are questions like that. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. don't need Horizon. We have Chet. Right? You got Chet. We got Chet. <laughs> the cult of Chet. The cult of Chet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to game wrap. All right, welcome to Game Wrap. Uh, that was fun. It was. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find us at honorrollpodcast.com. We're on facebook.com slash honorrollpodcast. Uh, you can go to our uh, Twitter. On Twitter, we're at honorrollpodcast. You can also go to Patreon and back us there at patreon.com slash honorrollpodcast. And, of course, we are on uh, iTunes, Spotify, and all of those places where you listen to stuff that may or may not be from us. <laughs> yes. Real quickly, would you tell everyone where they can find more information about for the gun belt? Oh, you can go to thegunbelt.com, which right now just will take you to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash thegunbelt. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's cool. There's it's cool. there's some artwork up there. Not a lot, but there's some and Yeah. You post all the updates there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's give uh let's go ahead and give out our XP. Um Jason, you get one XP for attendance. Thanks for playing. Ooh. Let's roll on the uh magical item chart here and see what you get. Oh nice. You get a check for five dollars from Carrie's mom. Oh. oh well that's better than what I usually get. Yeah. Right, but you need to call her as soon as you get it in the mail. And let her know when you cash it. Immediately. Immediately. Yes. Mm-hmm. I I understand. I've got you know You know how that goes. Parent. All right, Carrie, you get one experience point right. for uh for playing. Let's see what we get for you. Oh, nice. You get a, a package of dude wipes. They're better than the lady wipes because they cost more. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. What? They come packaged in a black package, too. It's very tactical. Yeah, it's very manly. Yeah. For when you take manly poops. What is wrong with you? I don't know. I don't Look, know. Look, he bought these, and he's trying to get rid of them. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> They're just too manly for him. All right. Well, anyway, there you go. That's it. That's all we got. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, join us next week when our topic is what am I going to do with the rest of these dude wipes? Uh, <laughs> until next time, I'm Ryan the Curmudgeon. I was here with Carrie the Legend and Jason the Favorite. Remember, the only way to win at a role-playing game is to have fun. Fun. The only way to win have fun with my friends I'm on the road again Tabletop, lot mush and everything in between The only way I win Is to have fun with my friends I'm on the road again Tabletop, lot mush and everything in between